Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Emily. I've never read Twilight before. And I've read the books too many times to count. But now we're reading them together. (laughs) Welcome to Unbitten. (laughs) Stop laughing, I'm doing my intro. Welcome to Unbitten, a journey through the Twilight Saga. Flawless, flawless intro. Hey guys, we're together. I'm so, smooching Cam. She literally just kissed my shoulder twice. That was crazy. I'm horny now. Okay. <laughs> we're cousins. We shouldn't. <laughs> okay. So here's here's some here's some information. First of all, we've met each other for the first time. Second of all, we're tipsy bordering on drunk. Yeah. Uh, third of all, Becky, a wonderful person who DMs us a lot on Twitter. Uh, responded to our uh, post we about his meeting. IRL for the first time. Yeah, and she responded that she genuinely thought we were cousins. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. As far as I know, she or her seems good. If it's not, Becky, let me know, and I will make sure we that I redacted. use your pronouns. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so now we're in person, being gay, doing crime. Yes. Uh, Em's girlfriend is in the background. Say hi, Liv. Hi, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, we out here. Um, if yeah. The, yeah, if the audio bouncing is kind of weird in this one, it's because we're on the same mic. It'll be the same thing, and there's not really uh, much to, ways to fix that, so... We'll just deal with it. Such is life. Okay, but today we're reading chapter 12. What's been going on in your life, Em? <laughs> uh, hmm, lost my job. <laughs> um, that did happen. Uh, lost all hopes and prospects for the future. Okay, that's dramatic. I'm contemplating moving to Lancaster to live with Cam <laughs> because, you know... This, this town like, rules. This town does rule. It's really cool. Yeah. I love it here. But on the plus side, it's Pride Month. <laughs> yeah, hey, wow. So true. I think um, we've recorded one episode in Pride, like that released during Pride Month or right before yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. But either way, happy Pride Month to everybody. I stole um, a sticker from a shop. It was the bisexual nice. D20. Sticker. Oh, you stole that one? Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. No one who works at that shop say anything. Well, you know, be gay, do crime. Be gay, do Pride crime. Month. <laughs> Pride Month, TM, TM, TM. That's a good one to steal. That was yeah. a good option. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've just been kind of going around. I've been showing them uh, my town and city slash town adjacent. And I met Bean. Hello. Oh, yeah, so true. And Bean oh my vomited God, you, five yeah. times today. Okay, Tell this story. So I'm generally, I would say, I do think I'm a generally good cat owner. You are. Owner, but this, yes. was a, this was a moment of weakness for me in that I uh, didn't give her any water yesterday morning. Well, you were out. We were out for, like, most of the day. Yeah, because we just, like, woke up and kind of just, like, yeeted out. And, we're, and I was gone until basically, like, 10 p.m., except for when I came home very briefly to eat amazing soup that Liv made. Anyway... Um, so Bean didn't have any water yesterday, and she does drink a lot of water, so she didn't have any yesterday, and she probably just was, like, finishing the dregs of what was there from the day before, and then she didn't have anything, so this morning, she was angry and yelling at us. Literally at, what, six in the morning? Yeah. Ah, and she woke ah, up, she, like, went, ah. she wasn't waking us up well enough, I guess, because for some reason, we're just, like, attuned to cats yeah. meowing in the night, because <laughs> the three of us are like, cat owners. I, like, meowing, and I was like, okay, that's nice, Bean, and I went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that is, te- that tends to be what I do, but she did wake up my roommate, who let her downstairs and didn't realize she wanted water, um, and then she probably, I think, so we have a, a leak in our radiator that I think she managed to get a couple slurps up, which is really bad, um, but basically then, I woke up, I gave her water, and she kept drinking too much water and throwing it up. And she did throw up five times today. I think she's feeling better. And we've been giving her water in, like, small doses with, like, little ice cubes. 
I have these cat-shaped ice cubes. I love them. I <laughs> so want we've, them. We've been putting them in her bowl, and they sort of melt, and she has to drink Why it Why aren't you lovingly feeding me one ice cube at a time? Okay, fine. I will then. <laughs> Put it in my mouth. I'm ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> are we flirting right now? Oh, my God. We are. Uh, we're cousins. <laughs> we're cousins. Oh, my God. We're cousins and twins, and we're flirting, and we're dating. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so that's what happened with Bean. But you guys did meet Bean, and she's a sweet little girl. She is. She's yeah. a chunk. She's small, but also chunky. Oh, I love her. Me too. Because I also consider myself small and chunky. So. Me too. Okay. <laughs> Glad we agree. Also, I think I am taller than Em. I don't... Can we play right now? now? <laughs> All right. Liv, please I'm drop because I was wearing platform shoes they're the last standing, time we They're rolling the chair. They're standing Who's back taller? to back. They're standing. Cam's hair is taller. I have to touch okay, well, their hands to have to know if they're hair. God, they are fucking the same height. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, okay. I hate to tell you this. They are really fully the same height. I guess so we're the exact same height. I was just, M only brought sandals. Yeah. And I have been wearing, you know, a lot of sneakers and combat boots that have pretty high. Chunky. Um, chunky platform shoe yeah. sort of situations. So I thought I was taller than her, you but I guess... You had a moment of feeling like you were the winner. Yeah, so true. But that wouldn't have been good for, like, our character arc, because I'm supposed no, to be the little, the little goblin child. <laughs> Baby with teeth <laughs> is what we decided that I am. I don't know why. I don't even know where that came from. I'm not sure either. Blowing out a candle. It's just a thing you said, and you're out here saying shit, so... I That's why we have a podcast. Shit. That's why we have a podcast, so true. Um, but yeah, so we've... I I... Uh, I've been taking a lot of, like, I have not had, like, more than one day off of work since I started working full-time, because I work on weekends as well, especially Saturdays. Usually I have Sundays off, although I won't next week, because mm-hmm. I'm working GT. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so I finally got a couple days off. M did, <laughs> does not have a job I just anymore. don't have a job, so I don't need to worry about it. Yeah, so we had the time to... And Liv got to have a weekend off, so because true. they usually work weekends too in the summer. And I was singing in the choir of, uh, of a version of Haydn's Creation. Oh, it was so good! <laughs> so I was in the, in the general choir, and I did have like, there's this like very small alto solo that's literally five measures total in the last like movement of the entire like 32 movement piece. Yes. So I did have a little bit of a solo that you guys got to hear, mm-hmm. uh, me harmonizing with uh, the tenor the and then the soprano. soprano. Yeah, the soprano is just like insane. She's one of the uh, voice teachers from my college, and she is just so cool. And especially in the summer, since she's not doing like college stuff, because she works at my school, and then also Muhlenberg, so she's doing a lot of commuting uh, between the two. But in the summers especially, she does a lot of, like, her gigs. So she does, like, operas and oratorios, which was this. So they came and saw a show of that, which was really nice. That was really amazing. It was fun. So I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. Because I knew, like, I feel like I had the impression that you guys like classical music, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. That I, so I hate, like, I don't like asking my friends to go to my performances because there are a lot of times, like, classical music from the 1700s or 1800s and I'm like I'm so sorry That's you have to do everyone. this <laughs> yeah and like to an extent they're weird but at the same time like we had a lot of fun time like with the worm the worm <laughs> there's the bass soloist has this he's talking about how God so it's the creation it's the biblical story yeah, on the, of the first creation. day and the second day blah 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 yeah you know? then God creates animals yeah and then on the seventh day he rested or whatever yeah so um it was the day where he was creating animals and this base has a solo talking sort of about all the different like animals that are springing up so there's like the lion and the tiger which is apparently flexible for some reason yeah. which is like weirdly flexible erotic tiger. for a tiger <laughs> um and 
But then at the end, it's talked about insects, which had a really fun little like violin kind of like perfect for like mosquitoes and stuff. But then at the end, it's like in the earth with sinuous trace. The, the worm, <laughs> and I make direct co- eye contact with Em and Liv during that line, and like kind of like waggled my eyebrows at yeah, them. I was like, "Oh a yeah, worm? oh yeah, worm moment." Um, so that's what we've been doing this weekend. The worm really gets a moment, and I'm happy for the worm. I think so, because sort of like, I mean, we could have another podcast where all I do is talk about classical music, but like Haydn's, he's funny. Like he knows what he's doing, it's and funny. like. Uh, the bass soloist in this uh, oratorio is so, like, serious. falsely serious. Yeah. He's very serious because it's, like, this bass voice, and it's usually his arias are very slow for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, the tenor tends to have, like, more outward, like, clear Playful. comedy. Yeah. Um, but Raphael, the, the bass uh, angel in this, like, has this air of seriousness with a very low voice, but a lot of the stuff he says is really silly. So funny. <laughs> He's the one who had the worm. Yeah. Oh, shout out to that motorcycle. Oh, shout out to you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's been really fun. Tomorrow we're going to go uh, antiquing. Yeah. In Amish country. Yes. Good times. Good times. I'm excited. And you're going to get a necklace probably. Yeah, I probably From will. the beadworks. Yeah. It's a local I want bead it to shop. rest upon my cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> I got one um, the other day and I got it uh, like the leather strap trimmed specifically so that it would fall directly like in between my boobs so it would lead people to look into I've been looking at your boobs constantly since you got it no exactly I mean as all people should I think well yeah especially because we're dating and also and also cousins and twins (laughs) (laughs) oh this is horrible um the Alabama podcast should we read the chapter maybe (laughs) we're on chapter 12 which is called time which is a stupid name yeah well they all are The best thing about reading this chapter was we read it in the same room and I got to hear Cam's like live like laughter at every part, which was a delight. Yeah, which is not something you like generally get to hear, but no. I do like speak that much in my room by myself when <laughs> reading these. Like I will cackle out loud at things that are dumb. Um yeah, and I like don't want to do like the very like Mike Schubertian uh thing of like recording yourself when oh, intense yeah. things. But like if there are chapters that happens, I would be willing to do a similar thing because I think that would be kind of funny. I think I just don't want to do it too much. I think if we were to do anything like that, I would save for certain chapters in Breaking Dawn because mm-hmm. that is the wildest fucking book in this entire series. Okay, so when we get to Breaking Dawn, everyone remind us that I need to do some like live react video or like a uh, voice memo sort of things. If anyone has listened to a Mike Schubert podcast, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, shout out to that white man. Um, anyway, now two white women are going to read the So, chapter's called Time, and Alice has foreseen <laughs> the future. Yeah, she's so dramatic. She's so funny. <laughs> uh, she wants to throw a rager for graduation. She's like, yeah, I just saw I had a vision that if... Uh, Bella is surprised that Bella will be mad about it, so I'm telling you now, I'm going to have a party. (laughs) And she's like, I am having a graduation party for all of us, and I thought you would, like, I foresaw that you would freak out less if I told you instead of surprising you. Yeah. Um... The, the brother and sister energy between oh, Edward yeah, and Alice really in this scene is really cute. Yeah. He, like, have, elbows her and is, like, stopping And, like, so messing with dramatic. her hair. Yeah. And he's like, how can someone be so annoying? And so, yet so small. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, no, no, no. Because she's small. That's how all the annoyingness is packed Yeah, in. it's it's concentrated. Yeah. <laughs> Such as with me as well. And my cat. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of you specifically. Thank you. So true. <laughs> um... 
I should have gotten that goblin perfume. I know. <laughs> I got a fairy perfume. Like, it's a, there, we went to this, like, nerd store that has, uh, one of the things is they have this, like, local place that makes perfumes that are based off of, like, character types and, like, D&D slash, yeah. like, general, like, high fantasy. And so I was deciding between, like, goblin and, like, halfling and fairy. fairy. And there was also, like, wizard's tome. Wizard's tome was nice. It's and there was, like, library. one other one that I can't remember. Oh, it was, like, Springin'. Spriggan? Spriggan, Spriggan, which I don't know what that is, but I assume it's some sort of like sort of, sort of like a bull truckle in the yeah, Harry yeah, Potter, yeah. some sort of like plant, like fake, like a plant sim. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to Sims. That's where we learn in. everything. That's true. All my knowledge is from the Sims three and four. Yes, specifically a little bit too. Mostly three and four. Mostly three and four. Let's I think real. I watched like YouTube videos of the Sims too, so I have like some yeah. of the nostalgia for that. But I definitely only owned three and four. I only had two on console, so it was a totally different Oh, yeah, game. that is weird. Yeah. That's strange. I don't understand The Sims on console. If you play The Sims on console, uh, shoot me a message, because <laughs> I'm confused about that. I can explain it to you in two seconds. But they have they only just got the gallery. Yeah. And they can't do mods. Well, yeah. Horrible. No, exactly. A bad Usually time, the console even. ones had, like, storylines and stuff to follow. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So it's it like the mobile game. A little bit, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Less of a paywall, perhaps, although it is still EA. Well, I know on Sims 2, I had it for GameCube. My sister and I stayed up one night until 6 in the morning in the basement. <laughs> we just ended up staying down there the whole time. Our parents didn't care. It was a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made a household of Sims in free play with Tiger Woods, <laughs> <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Oh, my God. Um, Megan Fox and Brenda Song because we wanted some diversity. <laughs> In our women? That's so hilarious. Yeah. That is like, what year was this? Because this feels like the most, like, Oh, like, very, like, thing. 2005. Yes. Yeah. This feels like the most aughts, like, collection yeah. of people. This is like Tiger Woods pre-scandal. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like, we wanted, we made Tiger Woods so that he could sleep with all the women. <gasps> oh, because it was, like, just after <laughs> yeah, yeah, scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's It was post, it was just post-scandal before he got his redemption arc yeah. that he's doing right now, which yeah. is, like, very interesting. So that's what we did. We just made a really big mansion and then had separate, like, fuck rooms for each of them. You guys are crazy. Well, you know. At least it wasn't Wicked Whims. <laughs> True. Um, Too young for that. Too young. Not anymore. So Bella, uh, back to the book, wishes that Alice had told her sooner because she's like, oh my god, now I'm going to be worried for weeks. And then <laughs> fucking Alice is like, mm, Bella, bestie, it's um, June 4th right now. Um, graduation's in a week. Bella's so fucking stupid for this. (laughs) Like, I understand that she has a lot of, like, supernatural-type stress on her RN, and I appreciate and understand that. However... However. You would remember your graduation time. Also, the fact that she's supposed to be, like, the archetypical, like, smart, responsible, mature student who always has her shit together. Right, and who is a parent to her parents. Like, she should know the dates and the times and... Also, shout out to the date right now. We're basically like when Bella graduates. Wait, shut the fuck up, because it's a week from... Hold on. A week from the 4th. Monday the 4th, and then... So it was yesterday. Yeah. Happy graduation, Bella. (laughs) (laughs) We were at Central Market. We were. Buying asparagus. Yeah. Love that for us. Yep. Wait, was that yesterday? No. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I don't have a concept of time. You're just like Bella. (laughs) So true. I could sit in one spot for four months, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would get away with that. Like, occasionally it would just, like, food, but I could stare out a window for four months. I think that is something that I could do. If you had a nice do. view in here, perhaps. Right, like, that window, the one yeah. that's next to my vanity, where Bean would come in, yeah. 
I think so. That's your four-month um, spinning camera shot <laughs> moment. What's your four-month spinning camera shot moment? Send us a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> What would yours be? Do you know? Is it is it now? Because you're it's now. It's literally now. <laughs> it's it's M uh, getting laid off and then just sitting in a room in Liv's house for four months. <laughs> I just spilled alcohol on myself. <laughs> so now there's a nice little little spot on my my chest. <laughs> it literally looks like a drool. Like I did drool. Yeah. I didn't actually drink any water. I just drooled a lot and then I was lying about it. Oh God! I've made M laugh while she's drinking. <laughs> Hey, well, I this, didn't drool on myself. This is going to be so. such a long episode. Holy yeah, shit. Okay. <laughs> Let's so, get going. No, she's stupid for not knowing what day it is. And now she's suddenly in a panic of being like, oh, I'm not ready to say goodbye to people. Uh, Charlie and Renee and Jacob. Oh, my God. But I do like this. It's real. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's She's real. so eager about... And she talks about how, in theory, she was like anxious and eager to have this happen because she wants to get it over with. She wants to be strong so that she can protect herself against these supernatural forces that are against her. But then she's realizing, because it's sort of like the thing where you have this ideal, like, idea about what's going to happen. And this can, like, you can see this with, like, even, like, you know, you're, you are you want to, like, go on, like, a vacation or you want to yeah, move yeah. somewhere. And in theory, it's such a good idea. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's three days away. I have to pack and I'm not going to know anybody. And what do I do when I get there? And I have right. to do all these things. And, and X, Y, Z. And she's realizing that it's, like, a real thing that she has to have logistics for. And she has to say goodbye to people who she's not going to see for a very long time, if ever, if because ever. the whole, like, I don't know how exactly how she's going to do it, but, like, there's a possibility that they think she fucking dies. Like, they literally just think she's dead. It's either she goes missing, and they, like, just, she's presumed dead, or, like, she yeah. actually, like, well, like fakes the first death step is, like, sort. yeah, like, she, I think the, the, you know, the plan is to go away to college, and then it's like, well, I don't have to make up an excuse until at least Christmas time. Right. And from there, I can, be, you know, come up with something. But it's like, how long is she going to extend it out before they have to say something? Right, and, and again, because we sort of get this in this chapter where we're talking no one else had a choice and no one else had a family to go back to, really. I mean, some people sort of did, like Rosalie. Yeah. But that wasn't, she chose to be a vampire. She was gonna die, but then she, you know. Didn't. Didn't, and then she, you know, doesn't know. But Bella knows and has the foresight to know that she would have to say goodbye in some way. And she knows that she could, in theory, go back. Yeah. Like, so if she, you know, has a thing where she, after graduation or she moves and she goes to college, quote unquote, and she has this transformation, if she's well enough by Christmas time, is she going to go back? Is she going to see them again? Or will that be too different? And, like, I feel like it would be too different. Like, she'd be too changed. So she yeah. can't see them again. But then it's so, like, how do you do that in, like, three months? Like, disappear off the face of, face of the earth. It's very, very weird. What happens in Breaking Dawn, man? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, I'm just talking at you with my theories, and you're like, so true, bestie. <laughs> so true. I wonder what could possibly happen. I yeah, have no idea. I have no clue. I've never read these books before. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes into a spiral for, like, the rest of her day, and when they get back to Bella's house, Edward finally asks what she's thinking, and points out that her lips are white, and I'm like, mm, how dramatic. <laughs> But I love that they, like, know each other well enough yeah. that he's like, I know you're being weird. I know something's on your mind. And he's like, you know, can you tell me what you're thinking before I go mad? Yeah. And he's like, I'm so concerned about, like, because you find out that he thinks she's just, like, upset about, like, the graduation the party. party yeah. Which is, like, a very dramatic thing, but also not entirely so out of, like, Bella. Bella. Yeah. <laughs> like, she would. Yeah, um, just spiraling, like, what the fuck, Alice? I'm supposed to be changing into a vampire and you're playing a party? How yeah. a party? Like, what? And we know that she doesn't really love, like, attention on her no. and, like, big parties and stuff, which, like, 
Yeah. Couldn't be me, but okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> not us with our Two Aries. Yeah, <laughs> two triple fire signs in a room being like, imagine not wanting attention. <laughs> Never. Shout out to Virgos. Bella feels like she has no choice about her change that's coming up because she says that she's like, you know, she, she's worried about it upcoming. And but she thinks she doesn't have a choice because there's people the hunting her. and Victoria are all after her. And also this unknown person who we don't know who came Seattle. in her room and stole her shit. And also Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, like, we don't know if the person who stole her shit is, like, a Volturi, which I... That's my assumption, and I think that's separate from the Seattle thing. But it could also be possible that, like, you know, it's connected in some sort of way. The whole thing in Seattle might have something to do adjacent with this Volturi or something like that. Like, there's, like, connections that I'm not yet seeing in here that's... Neither is Bella or Edward or any of anybody else. No, so. they're not. I'm glad you are, though. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, she I tells have, me nothing. Yeah, I have such a have good a great, vision into the future. You have a good poker face. Thank you. And even in person. That's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Edward says this is exactly why she shouldn't change now, because, like, if she's feeling pressured into it, then it's not the right time. Right. It doesn't matter that you feel, like, in danger or something. They need to resolve the outside forces. So that way she could decide for herself... If she's ready or not. Yeah, and that's and a hard thing. it's fine if she waits, because she's like, oh, but Carlisle, like, he promised after graduation. And it's like, okay, after graduation <laughs> is any time yeah. after graduation. Like, the entirety of your life. And the other thing that, like, she doesn't explicitly bring up in this chapter, but the other thing about it is that, so she is worried about these, like, other forces that are coming after her, but she also, we know that she doesn't want to be too wanna old. She doesn't want to get older. She knows she doesn't want to get... Edward. Yeah, and she doesn't want to be too much older than Edward, and, you know, again, to that, the, us, that's very funny, because, like... She's 18. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm 22. And yep. I feel like I am seven. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't know. So it's kind of funny. But we do have to, like, remember that that is another part of why she wants to change soon. Because, mm-hmm. like, she is scared about being much older than the other vampires who are, like, at her, like, age. And, like, Carlisle's only, like, 27 or something like no, that. She, no, no, no. He's, he's 23. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> right, because doesn't he like kind of like market himself as like 26 or something? Or like, he marks himself as like a vaguely older. Yeah, like maybe 30 max. Yeah. Which is very weird. So crazy that he does that. Why is he the father figure of this family when he's 23 years old? And like some people are like 18. <laughs> yeah, because he's the oldest. <laughs> like, but it like by, I don't how old is Esme? That's a good question. Because I don't think we ever know in the books text yeah because in the in the movies both carlisle and esme are cast older which they makes... did that for harry potter's parents too yeah in the movies. which makes like Just i make underst- you feel more like oh that's a parent right i understand that to an extent but like if we are talking like what they would physically look like they would be younger than that like they would be they would look very similar in age to edward and yeah, everybody yeah. else because the difference between an 18 year old and a 23 year old is not that much. <laughs> Maybe at 23 you're actually able to like fill in a beard, but even that's questionable depending on, you know, the person. Your genetics. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and like, it's not like they'd have facial hair anyway. I mean, maybe if you had facial hair before you got turned. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, if you never cut it off and you had facial hair before you turned. Daddy Carl with a beard. <laughs> Daddy Carl with a beard, I'm feeling things Hello. in my nether regions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing to say in person. <laughs> There's a tingling. <laughs> Got him. Not the tingling. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Edward's, you know, talking about how none of them had a choice, and I'm like, okay, pro choice Edward moment. Yeah. 
Uh, a good thing to have in our uh, horrible time that is the Americas are in, especially yeah, the United States Edward. of America. Yeah, pro-choice Edward exclamation point. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my new cosplay. <laughs> How do you cosplay? Edward volunteering for a Planned Parenthood. Parenthood. <laughs> no, I love this. I do also love this. I think it's a good idea. And I got a chuckle out of Liv, so that helps. <laughs> Liv, by the way, Liv has never listened to a single episode of our podcast, so the fact that they're listening to it for the first time in person, <laughs> so good. and I get to hear their live reacts, like we have a fucking... Like, live studio audience? Yeah. Is <laughs> everything to me. Laugh track. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I like that they have this sort of moment where he's, yeah, he's like, I don't want you to do it before you're threatened, and he's like, there's nothing to worry about, and she's sort of worried about it, and he says, trust me, and she says, I do. And I think this is, like, a good moment of, like, they're regaining this trust that was lost in New Moon. Yeah. When he, you know, was obviously horrible and shitty. This is a good chapter for communication. Literally. This is the communication chapter. That should be, like, the new title. Like, communication. They finally, Like, this chapter particularly is a really good, like, lesson in couple and, like, just, like, Mm -hmm. friendship or relationship communication. Yeah. Is being, like, can I tell you an unbiased, or, like, an un, uh altered truth and can you also tell me an unaltered truth and we'll just like tell each other these truths yeah and it's a good thing and they're both understanding and like you know this isn't always going to be the thing that happens with communication because you know a big part of communication is you're going to find out that things are dissonant and you have Mm -hmm. to work through them and that's a natural part of life but in this this is where you see that like sort of lighthearted side of it where all the drama is coming from not knowing what they're coming from their own internal perceptions and finally they said hey, why do you feel this way? And got a clear answer and went, oh, oh, wait, I feel way better now. Yeah, and, like, are laughing at the fact that they were so worried or the fact, like, the w- the way the other person feels is so silly to them because they're like, of course I wouldn't think this yeah. way. I can't believe you were worried about it. And it's this very loving, like, I understand where you're coming from now and it is so silly and I would never do that. Yeah. Which I think is just, like, a really, really good moment for I'm them. So and so proud we have of to them. See. I know. Like, it is weird how much this, like, silly little, like, vampire series has, like, really good, like, relationship arc. Little good moments. I, I keep saying, I do like Eclipse the most. It's a out good of book. All of them. <laughs> and I think it's genuinely because there's so much improvement on, like, just, like, the way they react in a relationship mm-hmm. together. Like, they're on a team together instead of against each other. Right, the way like, Edward has growth. With the Jacob situation. Yeah. And Bella and Edward together have growth in terms of communication yes. with each other. And yeah. I think that's really awesome. And, again, they're regaining this trust that was very understandably lost, especially on Bella's side. Yeah. Um, but having these sorts of moments where they're like, okay, we're going back into the swing of things, and it's actually a lot better. And even though the separation was a bad thing, especially in the way that it was done, yes. it ended up being, like, a good realization for the two of them that they have to they rework. They have to work shit out. They have, to, they have to do some workshopping in their relationship. <laughs> Let's workshop this. Let's workshop this. Um, what's next? Uh, so Bella asks Edward if she could ask him a question. And first chickens out and is like, actually, can you just tell me what gift I'm supposed to be getting Alice <laughs> that she saw in her vision? Turns out it's concert tickets. I want to know who. Yeah. I don't know who it is. Okay, wait. This is 2007? So it's a concert in Tacoma, and he said it was a good CD. Hmm. So maybe she played it in her car, and Edward liked the CD. Hang on. I'm Googling. And what kind of music does Bella listen to? 
Because it's not Debussy. <laughs> we know it's not Debussy because it's like more modern and we're going to see someone actually do it. And I don't think Debussy was hanging out in 2007. Um, well, we've got Linkin Park, Minutes to Midnight. That would be really funny. Infinity on High, Fall Out Boy. Are you looking up at, what is it you looking 2007 at? album releases. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fall Out Boy would be really funny. That would be. Because I think she's getting, the idea is that she's getting tickets for just Edward and Alice, right? Yeah. Which is so cute, like a sibling little outing to go fucking fall out. They have the same, you know, taste in music. Good girl gone bad, Rihanna. What's your hot take, Liv? Avril Lavigne. (gasps) Avril Lavigne. That would be very good. I could see Edward just like jamming out to some like, (laughs) like female. So complicated. Yeah, literally. I mean, literally, decode, which is in New Moon. Yeah. (laughs) He predicted the Twilight soundtrack. Riot, Paramore. <gasps> Paramore, exclamation point. Wow. Yeah. I think some, like, Haley Williams, Paramore, Avril Lavigne type of situation, that's my headcanon for this, is that they're seeing some cool female uh, 2000s punk uh, band. I love it. That's my that's my theory. I don't know what it actually would be, because they don't tell us. No. But I would love to know. Much like Gattaca. Maybe in time we'll get a Midnight Sun Part 3 for Eclipse, <gasps> and then we'll finally know what the concert was. I cannot believe that she's definitely writing the new mood one right now. Like, don't you think she must be? I don't know. I feel like, like she's Like, did she so, say like, that she was, like, going to keep doing it, or was she just doing Midnight she Sun? She said she was writing something in the Twilight universe, but I think a lot of people suspected it was supposed to be, like, post-Breaking Dawn okay. future stuff. Like, like, their baby as a adult vampire doing things. Em's not saying anything. I shrug emoji. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the baby dies. <laughs> that would be funny. A baby and gets um, dropped out a window. Yeah. Uh, baby vampire not powerful enough to get dropped out of a fourth story window. Baby gets left on a doorstep and turns into uh, an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> baby falls down two flights of stairs and through a window. <laughs> Oh my god, you're just like your mother. <laughs> Baby gets left alone in the it's, woods all night long. It's the re- it's like the delivery that Renee does that yeah, makes that so funny. She goes, you fell down two flights of stairs and through a window. <laughs> and just, yeah, yeah, that does sound like me. <laughs> Iconic Bella moments. It's so stupid. Okay. Are we reading? Baby goes cliff diving and drowns. <laughs> Baby yeets self off cliff, drowns in icy waters. Baby gets in motorcycle accident <laughs> and dashes brains out on a rock. This is the new Florida man. We were at brunch today looking up Florida. Forks Baby. <laughs> Instead of Florida man. <laughs> Forks Baby named after the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i wish you could record in person more often this is the best thing in my so life good. i'm gonna cry okay <laughs> we were googling florida man and our birthdays this morning at yeah, brunch we uh which was just like us and Liv and my one of my coworkers who might listen to this at some point so if you do hi Shout morgan out. I loved chatting with you this morning, and I hope we're the best of friends now. (laughs) Yeah, I hope by the time you're listening to this, you guys are besties, um, and I'll see you again. So true. When you come for our uh, October rager. 
for sure, for sure. We're having a drag competition, a Halloween theme party in our apartment around October 10th. Which is also, I've decided that, okay, so in my brain, Bean is a Leo. But okay. Because she's, she's definitely a fire sign. This bitch is dramatic as fuck. She is. She threw but up five also, times today for attention. <laughs> for attention. Literally. Attention-seeking behavior. <laughs> no, Leo behavior, exclamation point. Because all the fire signs are attention-seeking, but Leo is the most... That's why I'm and, a like, Leo most, rising. Yeah, like the most like grooming and like preening type of the fire signs. But I also feel like she would be born on, like, Halloween because she's a black cat. So, mm, like, that's, yeah. like, the cognitive dissonance that I have. Where I want her to be born in late July, early August to be a Leo. But I also want her to be born around Halloween times. She could be a Scorpio. Is she bitchy enough for that? <laughs> Sorry to any Scorpios. She's curled up in a cute little ball. I know. <laughs> she's just kind of sleeping on the air mattress right now. It's kind of fucked up that she likes your air mattress more than she likes the bed with me. Yeah. She doesn't like sleeping with me because I, I think I twitch a lot mm. in my sleep and I, like, snore. Because I know that, like, like past people I have slept with and have slept in my bed or, like, you kick. No, but I do. So, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too zonked at the end of the day here. It also could be that she just, like, likes being around new people because she sees me so much that whenever there's other people and, like, she can go other She's places, she prefers that. Yeah. Which I, like, hate but understand. <laughs> like, because I want to be everything she wants in the world. Yeah. But at the same time, I can understand her wanting to go downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a thing I can understand. What's happening this <laughs> How many times am I going to say this in the Forks baby. Forks baby yeets self off cliff. Forks baby gets got by Seattle serial killer. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Forks baby, new youngest victim in this uh, serial killer's oh, yeah. massacre. Okay, so... Bella asks the real question of why uh, doesn't Edward want her to become a vampire? And he doesn't want to give up her soul, and he's very, very selfish, and actually desperately wants her to be a vampire, but he could never do that because it would be the most selfish thing he'd ever done. Which is such, like, a... It makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, we have these religious undertones of, like, your soul and losing your soul when you become a vampire because it's, like, a hellish sort of thing. And... But it also, and it makes sense for him to have this nuance of having this, like, religious background and not wanting her to lose her soul, but at the same time, wanting so desperately to be with her for eternity that he wants so much for her to turn. Yeah. But for her well-being, and because he loves her and he cares about her, he doesn't want to have that happen. Which is ultimately unselfish. It is unselfish, but because it's, like, I get him being like, it's selfish for me to want this, but the fact that he can... Uh, emotionally detach himself from it and be like, you need to do what's right for you is extremely unselfish. So the yeah. fact that he's calling himself selfish is very silly because he's actually being very good yeah, I know. and unselfish. And he says that if he could do anything to become human, he would in a heartbeat. Yeah. He would turn for her. Like, he's like, no matter the payment, I wish I could, like... Which I think is definitely, like, partly to spend his life with her, but also because, like, you know, he has this sort of thing. Where he's like, I don't think I have a soul and I think I'm going to hell. And, and with he this wants background, to grow he, old. Like with, with her, yeah. yeah. Which is so fucking cute. Yeah. And but it's, like, funny because Bella was worried that it's because he wouldn't like her if she wasn't, like, soft and warm and yeah. smelled the same. And he's right. like, girl, it is, like, torture to be around you because yeah. your blood <laughs> makes me want to kill you on the daily. <laughs> like, every minute of every day. <laughs> but, like, this is so, like, wonderfully taking, like, giving evidence to my Bella is just, like, an anxious person and, like, needs to go on anxiety meds <laughs> theory. 
because Bella she's needs so therapy. like yeah literally where she's so like when he explains this it makes so much sense to her and she's just like oh i am so silly i literally just thought you wouldn't like me which is such like an anxious person in a relationship yeah thing to happen as someone who is an anxious person yeah. in a relationship. She's like, oh no, if I change, that means that one change will make you hate me. I, yeah. You won't be interested anymore. And it's like the automatic assumption you make, even though that makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, all he says is he would uh, miss um, touching her and seeing her blush. Which is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a... <laughs> Some car went by playing some sort of Spanish like club music very loudly. That was great. Which is like a very common occurrence in my uh, part of town. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like Spanish speaking uh, mm. individuals around. And like, like I don't know if you heard like there was that those people that were, we were walking back from Save a Lot and there was some people talking. I don't know what language it was, but it seemed like some language of like African descent. It was very fascinating. It sounded like, honestly, it sounded like they were speaking like fucking, oh, what is it? Like just like, uh, like the Caribbean, like, uh, dialect. That might be also it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Which I live in a very fun... Very my neighborhood. Yeah, my neighborhood is really cool and diverse. It also can be, like, unsafe, so it's, like, yeah. kind of hard. But it, it's cool to live in a diverse place, even though I'm kind of scared of every man that is around because I'm a little yeah. woman and they do catcall us. They did catcall us yes. today. Yeah. We were walking to save a lot and they were like, beautiful ladies! <laughs> oh, gorgeous! And I was like... I mean, so true, but leave you me alone. You didn't have to say it. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to those men, but also keep it to yourself. <laughs> we did look cute, though. We did look cute. Even though we were so humid and sweaty. So sweaty. Walking to save a lot to buy fucking lemonade and, and paper, paper towels. towels. Because Bean threw up so much that we used up all the rest of the paper towels. <sighs> yeah. Such is life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, they have a cute, like, reversal where... Edward asks her, like, can you be honest to me? Why don't you want to marry me? Like, yeah. do you not want to be my Which wife? Which was not the question I was expecting. Like, I don't know what I expected him to say, mm. but, like, he really, and they're very blunt here, which I really like, but me he too. goes, like, because they both sort of started as, like, saying a fact, and they're, like, the other that's person's, like, question. That's, <laughs> that's not a question. And they're, like, can you frame, like, which makes sense, but he just goes, you don't want to be my wife. Yeah. And she's like, that's, that's um, true. Um, um, anyway, <laughs> and I what about it? I've got to go. She's like, oh my God, I'm late for nothing. <laughs> but, and she's like, and of course she has this like, very physical reaction. And she knows that his like hyper aware like senses are like picking up on her like heartbeat picking up, yeah. her sweating and these sorts of things. Yeah. He is worried that Bella never wants to marry him or like specifically doesn't want to be his wife. Right. And, she is I, like, this is one of the things I laughed at. Yeah, out I knew loud. it. I knew it. <laughs> she starts like getting nervous. She's like, "Oh, it's so embarrassing. I don't even want to say it out loud." But she's yeah. like, "Listen, I'm not that girl who's a small town hick that gets knocked up by her boyfriend and married straight out of high school." Which is like so fair. I know. And like, and I think that is a very like big general like, like even now and also in like the aughts, like a big like sort of. Like, fear. Well, I mean, MTV had 16 and Pregnant as, like, right. a running show for ages. Like, that was, like, a thing to, like, make a reality series around. Right, like, out oh. of teen pregnancy. Yeah. And and also, we know that with her context of her parents getting married young and having a baby young and then splitting up. Yeah. 
And she loves them and she appreciates them, but I think she does have this sort of judgment against them for being so foolish. Yeah. Um, which is understandable because I think they ju- also judge themselves, especially yeah. Renee does. Well, Renee's like instilled in Bella, like the sense of like, you know, you don't get married super early like I did. Because was I foolish. was foolish yeah. and I got, I had a kid, like I love you, but I did have a kid too young. Yeah. Um, at least for her perception. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely like in that era of, I think like nowadays it's a lot more like, I think it is still like a little bit like strange, but I think it's a lot more common and like a little bit less judged to have kids really young um I mean it depends on the place but I feel like at least in my experience like like obviously you wouldn't want to have like as like 16 but as like 18 to 20 that is a thing that happens sometimes and it's a choice and for me at least I maybe this is just my perception but I don't really have any sort of judgments against those sort of things um I think it's just like kind of like okay life shakes out that way sometimes and you're gonna have a kid young and that's yeah yeah it's not like a sense of like oh my god like what an idiot it's just like oh well you know this happens yeah and like I wouldn't wouldn't want that because I don't want a kid ever (laughs) (laughs) but it's like I don't know you feel sort of like oh like best of luck like I don't have any fucking judgment about that sure have a baby young as long as you're a cool person I don't care it's like you know people's lives are just you know different, different. yeah <laughs> exactly some people just want to have kids young and some sh- people know that and if for i think for me like if you know that you want kids and you're like no this is like what i'm destined to do i really want to be a mother i really want to be a father and right. you go for it like that's great i think what makes me sad is when it's like very obviously people didn't want to be parents and then they're stuck in that and you're like i'm you know i, I hope all the best for this child <laughs> right and which is why like i think like abortion is an important thing me and too. also like adoption <laughs> yes like if you are going to not want to like get an abortion but you don't think you have the means and it's hard because, like, you birth something and then yeah. you're like, oh, God, do I love this and I want to well, keep also, it. also, like, and even adoption, like, isn't even, like, the full answer. Because even yeah. when kids get aged out of foster care Right, shit, exactly. Like, yeah. Because, like, the whole thing about, like, oh, there's not enough kids getting adopted. Bullsh fucking Bullshit. shit. Absolutely not. Sorry, not to get, like, our, like, abortion opinions in this podcast. But Twilight also, podcast, yes. But also. That is the nature of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but this episode is going to be maybe two episodes because it's really long. <laughs> um, no, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we're ha- what's happening? Um, but I, so I, like, completely understand her way of thinking because, again, I personally, and I think, like, I do also have, like, a more nuanced opinion and, like, perception of this than Bella does in this time and that people might sometimes When I was in high school, I also, like, you know, like, I was like, oh, God, like, you know, I don't want to be fucking having sex with my boyfriend right now. What if I got pregnant right now? Like, that's terrible. Yeah. The nice thing is that, so I, like... I was, like, not having sex till I was 17, and I actually really early had a conversation with my parents where I was, like, I am scared. What if I get pregnant? And they were, like, we will fund your abortion. And that is where I'm, like, thank fucking God my parents are the coolest ever. Yeah. I have very cool, very amazing uh, parents who work with teenagers and just, like, understand all of that. They're not, like, you're a teenager. You should be having sex. It's, okay, you understand the responsibility and the risks. We will help you out to make have safe choices. Like I wasn't telling them when I was having sex with like with my first boyfriend right. because like that was when I was like seventeen to nineteen, and that's just like a weird conversation. To have. <laughs> but then like you know by the time I was with the guy I was with like kind of during the pandemic time, I was sort of like, like yeah, and this is freaking me out, and I'm kind of worried. And like any also like anytime like. I love having, like, an open enough communication that, like, anytime something, like, fucking weird was going on with my vagina, I was like, Becky, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, this is just your vagina being normal. And I'm like, what if I have an STD and I'm going to die? And she's like, no, you're fine. Not Becky or a Twitter user who we showed <laughs> out earlier. No, Becky, my mother. Although, Becky, if you want to DM me to talk about your STD, we can do that. 
I don't know if you have an STD or if I have an STD. Either Actually, way, it's fine, and we can find I, solutions. No, to no, that. I'm gonna interrupt this, listeners. Please don't tell us if you have an STD. <laughs> Please go to a doctor. Uh, go to a doctor, and you can tell us later once it's solved. I don't yeah. want to hear all the nitty gritty discussing no, details. But you can say, "Hey, your podcast made me think maybe I should go see I don't a doctor." Need to hear about, about I don't need to hear about your discharge. I don't need to hear about your itchiness. Yeah, I don't need to hear about the fucking sour cream that's coming out of your <laughs> vagina. <laughs> you can tell that I'm drunk in recording. <laughs> okay, so. But if you want to talk about, like, sour cream on your burrito, like, <laughs> <laughs> but not vagina sour cream on your burrito, that's disgusting. Ew. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Marked explicit for content. <laughs> anyway. Ew. I'm a problem, and I shouldn't be allowed in public. Let's move on. <laughs> You're in public right now. This Shit. recording is going to go live. <laughs> I am so, like, as soon as I think about this podcast and how I will have my future spouse Listen, listen to all to of it. it and i'm just so excited to see when they <laughs> hear me t- reading like talking about like sentient dicks yeah. and sour cream vagina discharge and like all of these things and like edward's hairball <laughs> i'm just like this is like the true test of like if you can still love me after i've talked about these things you know that's what I why mean? liv won't listen to it they're like i'm trying to hold on as long as i can <laughs> Once I listen to this, the barriers are you broken. Have to, you have to, sorry, Liv, because you're literally in the room, but you have to, like, like tie them down to, like, like a, you have to get married to them first, and then they listen to it, so they're I like... I like to clockwork orange them with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> That's good. You should do that. <laughs> that clockwork orange. <laughs> Okay. So um, they finally have an honest conversation. They do. <laughs> Just like we're having right now. <laughs> but um, Edward has like a really cute monologue and he's like, no, Bella, but I am that boy who would like see you and fall for you and court you and then get down on one knee and be like, let's do this, you and me, for eternity. Yeah. Or whatever that means as a human. Right. And it like really like brings out like how he is like, like, you know, like growing up in the 19- early 1900s and... Like, also, like, even for, like, the 1900s, I think he's a very traditional individual. Yeah. Like, because, I think, because he's religious and these sort of things, and he's not quite getting into the roaring 20s, where there's yeah. this, like, the like outburst of, like, flappers, flappers and, and yeah. women in the workplace. Yeah. So, like, and I think he's, like, obviously, like, progressive enough to be like, yeah, women working, good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but he's definitely still the type to be like, I would want to court and marry someone. Not someone. Because he says, it's not someone. It would be you if you were in that time period. Yeah, because he, he says, like, if I had found someone, but he's like, I don't want to say that because I know that you are the only person yeah. for me. So he's like, if I had found you in that time period, I would be, like, He would have, so instead quick. of going to join the army and fight in the war, he would have been like, I need to be with you. Which is another so fascinating part of this, where, like, Stephanie Meyer just, like, Drops sprinkles these little in, in. Yeah. some, like... Like discourse about the fucking like fucking World War One and about like the propaganda trying yeah, to get trying young to men get to join the military, yep. mm-hmm. which and is so fascinating about the glory of it. Like right. join so you can have glory, and he was he bought into it. He's like like really, yep, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> really good World War One poetry, uh, Dolce et Decorum Est, is a really really good poem, and it sort of talks about uh, and this it's it's like Dolce et Decorum Est pro Patria Mori, which is this Latin. Phrase that means like, uh, like something. Uh, Dolce, 
soft and like victorious is like the man who dies for his country or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's something along those lines. I am butchering the pronunciation. Mm. But it's like this really amazing poem by this guy who was writing while he was uh fighting in World War One and he actually uh ended up World War One ended. It was called as a close, but there was a battle after it, like because the news didn't get to them yeah. soon enough. And he died in that battle. Um after World War One has already been called to an end, he wrote this incredible poetry about like the nuance and terrifyingness of like this propaganda being like you will gain glory by dying for your country. There's no glory in trench foot, bestie. There's no glory in fucking mustard gas, which is another thing he writes about. Yeah. Really good poem. If you want to look up Dolce de Carnamast, I can't remember the the writer's name, but I'm gonna look it up like R M so that I can tell you. Because if you, I love World War One was fucked up. It was, it was Wil, fucked up. Wilfred Owen is the poet, and he's very good. And he, okay. Dolce de Carmes is the most famous one. And I actually memorized that poem for like a reading in like English in like junior year of high school. I really, really love like his poetry specifically. Um, we just had in Flanders Fields. <laughs> yeah, no, no so every true. every year. Oh, Remembrance Day Flan- in Flanders Fields. Yeah, who is that's John McRae, Flanders Fields. Um, but I like, I really like Wilfred Owen. He has, like, very, like, um, gruesomely just, like, straight up just, like, descriptions of, uh, watching his, like, trudging through, hearing mustard gas hit, putting the masks on and seeing his friends who he loves not get the mask on soon enough and die this horrible way. Not to, like, bring down the vibe of the episode, but it's a very, his poetry is, like, really... It is shocking and horrible and gorgeous. So read his poetry. Really cool guy. Anyway, back to Twilight. <laughs> but like, literally, like that sort of like propaganda is so prevalent. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting that Stephanie Meyer was just like, let and let me sprinkle, sprinkle that. Because <laughs> she's so like traditional that you'd think she'd be like pro-military or like in a certain extent. Yeah, but... it's interesting because like even like the pro-military, it's still like, oh, like, you know, when you look back at, you know, these world wars, like there was propaganda about how glorious it was. But we now know it's not glorious. It's dangerous and scary. But it's there's still propaganda. <laughs> yeah, because I do think she's like, I mean, obviously, like it's interesting because, you know, if she was like in that time, you'd think she'd probably be like that, like pro sort of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But we have all the uh, modernism writers in the 19th century after World War One, sort of writing about, like, you think of all those writers who were writing about post-World War One in, like, London and stuff like that, yeah, where yeah. everyone's just sort of like, how do we go on with normal life after this? there's been all of this loss? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think she has all of that. And we know that no matter how, like, unnuanced some of her takes are, particularly on, like, yeah. and Juliet, <laughs> like, she is a English person yeah. yeah like she has all this like knowledge of like classical english literature she does. that really comes through and i think she must have read something like of like po- like of like modernism in the 21st or in the 20th century um because like i mean i took like a modernism class mm. like and i feel yeah, like she yeah, probably yeah. took something similar to that and this is sort of where she gets these sort of takes where she's like these are actually not good things that have happened yeah. and she has like the consciousness to reflect on it through edward which is so cool but you know Instead, he got Spanish flu and died. <laughs> he did do that. He did do that. Yeah, that but you know, true. also culturally relevant. <laughs> culturally relevant. Influenza, the flu. Get your flu shot, etc. Get your flu shot. There was a weird uh, flu like f- like uh, resurgence in the spring. Actually, here it was a really late flu surge. Oh, flu um, season. We didn't have that. Weird. We had that. It was weird. Because huh. it was like, it was like, there was this weird period of time in the late spring where it was like, 
am I getting COVID or am I getting the flu? Mm. Or am I just getting this weird late cold? Yeah. Which is a very fun time in my life, a very anxious time. Yeah. Because I was, like, super sick when I was in Myrtle, when oh, I was yeah, in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't COVID because I got tested multiple times. It also yeah, wasn't yeah. the flu. It was just a weird cold that was going around. Yeah. We did have a cold going around, but that was, like, back in March. Sorry. <laughs> Liv, is, Liv is sharpening a pencil, and I was like, are they, like, I thought they were, like, filing their nails. <laughs> And I was like, what a thing to do while a fucking podcast is recording. <laughs> Living their best life. <laughs> okay. So, so then they sort of like are, she's like, or he's like, can you see my side? And she's like, yes, yeah, so true. But I also want you to understand my side. Also, he has to remind her to breathe after he gives his little monologue about being that <laughs> romantic so boy. <laughs> it's so silly. I think being uh, drunk makes me more sympathetic to, like, the cuteness yeah, of this. Like, also, shout out to Bella's momentary, like, flashback where she's, like, she imagined herself in, like, a skirt and, like, a button-up blouse and her hair pinned up. And she's, like, hmm, that's just because of Green Gla- Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, she's, like, know? I'm having an Anne of Green Gables moment. Which I'm, like, which, like good for you. Which I, is such a thing to say. <laughs> I certainly did when I read Anne of Green Gables as a kid. I also, I've never read it. It's such a good classic. I know, but it's also, like, such, like, a, again, like, Stephanie Meyer with the, being, like, a person who has read a lot of classical yeah. English literature, like, having an, anim- and, like, we all know that, like, Bella is, to an extent, a, cert- a self-insert of this, yeah. of this woman, um, but, like, you know, having Bella also be, like, an English literature nerd and having yep. all these, like, sort of, like, classics sort of, like, sprinkled in, it makes so much sense. My sister desperately wanted to be, like, in Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> like, she's like, this is the life I want to live. It's so silly. I, I don't have a much of a perception of it. Uh, like, for some reason, I very much equate it to, like, The Secret Garden, which is, like, not the same <laughs> no. vibe at all. <gasps> live. Okay, so true. Thank God. Thank God I'm not the only person who thinks that because, like... Well, we've never read either, though. Yeah, <laughs> no. Fine. Okay, yeah, I I think I've read, like, snippets of Secret Garden. I think there was a movie. There was, a, like, a Secret Garden movie. I never read. I think I... Movie. It's a good movie, right? I think I... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, third podcast host for the time. I love it. But, like, so for some reason, because it has, like, the same... I think it's, like, in a similar, like, time period, and it has, like, a similar, like, young orphan girl or, like, like goes off and is in, like, this new place and does things, but... <laughs> Like, they're definitely like, big, different energies, oh, which is sure. so silly. Because, yeah. like, Secret Garden is so much more, like, closed in. Yeah. Angry Gables is like, mm, orphan girl gets adopted by mistake, and uh, she's... Is in the countryside, right? She's just in, in PEI. PEI? Yeah. Prince Edward Island. Oh. It's a province in Canada. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that was Can- she was Canadian. Oh, yeah. It's a Canadian story. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, Very okay, iconic Canadian story. I've been to Green Gables like, in PEI. There's like a place. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. like a house that you can go and tour through. We should go. We should do that. And we should also go to Newfoundland. Oh, okay. Because I have to go to the place where this one book was was written. What's it fucking called? Um, I'm never going to find it. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, there is this iconic, I think it's located in Newfoundland or some similar, like very like northern, obscure, like isolated part of Canada. And it is this really interesting classic book written by a woman. And there's a lot of, like, fragmented sentences. And it's about, like, a fisherman. And it's, like, vaguely Very supernatural. <laughs> vaguely, like, it's weird. it's a fisherman. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it's called because I can't remember. Mm. But it's a really, You'll really good book. you have to find book. it and tell me. Yeah, because it's, it's very... Oh, The Shipping News. That's what it's called. Well, that sounds like Newfoundland. It's called The Shipping it. News. 
And it's very, it's a weird book. Anyway, and there's a movie about it, but I haven't seen that. The book is good, at least. But yeah, I would say Anne of Green Gables is very just, like, coming of age and, like, In you Canada. Know, yeah, in <laughs> Canada. And just, like, you know, learning, like, what it means to be, like, a young girl and right. finding friendships and people and love. And people love the TV show now. Yeah, yeah, the new TV Have show. Have you seen it? No, I actually, I only watched, like, the, like, much older series that came out, like, years and oh, years and like, years ago. okay. Yeah. Like, decades like ago. some BBC adjacent. <laughs> yeah, like. something like that. I don't even know what it was on, but I watched that. Um, so I haven't watched uh, the Anne with an E. But people really like it. Yeah. People really like it. Maybe they I'll do. watch it. I feel like I'm just like hesitant to try it because I'm like, I already have like the picture in my head of what I, it used the thing to be is, like. I don't have the picture, yeah. so I could just start it there. But also I love being a bitch. She's like, I'm going to read the book first. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy read. Like I read it when I was like. Yeah, it's like, like a children's book, yeah, right? Because it's coming like, of age. Like, exactly. I read it when YA I was like before YA nine. was YA. <laughs> I think I read it was like nine or something like that. So. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll just blast through it then. You should. After I finish reading my fairy porn. <laughs> well, I have to read that too. <laughs> you do have to read fairy porn uh, legally. Everybody <laughs> read your fairy porn before you go to bed at night. <laughs> so true. Literally. And have a little wank and then you're fine. <laughs> Life advice. Uh, also, after your wank, if you notice sour cream, contact your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay, so uh, Bella reads the newspaper. Seattle terrorized by slayings. Buffy, come here, help. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I love this because, like, I don't know what font the rest of this book is written in, but the newspaper it articles switches. are so clearly written in Times New Roman font, which is, like, such joy to me because I write and read it's and the appreciate <laughs> exclusively in Times New Roman. <laughs> Because, like, that was the, that's the standard for, like, academia and, like, yeah, MLA and Chicago format. Yeah. Is, like, it's that or, like, Ariel or something like that. I have to pick one of the two. Um, so I am so used to reading and writing and uh, proofreading in Times New Roman <laughs> that I instantly understood that this was Times New Roman. Because uh, I think, like, also, like, the iPhone text font and, like, the Notes app font is also Times New oh, Roman. Oh, It's either that or something similar to it. Mm. But it's close enough that it's, like, I'm so... Used to what this font looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you showed it out instantly. That's what I remember because we were both reading and you're like, oh, love the Times New Roman for the yeah, newspaper. <laughs> literally. So the newspaper. Um, they haven't had this many killings in Seattle since Gary Ridgway. Which, Shout out to the, Gary. <laughs> why is his name Gary? It's Mao. like... Mao. <laughs> it's like the fucking... And I didn't finish having this conversation with you earlier because we were talking with Morgan and we got sidetracked. But the Sims 4 werewolf... Greg! Greg! There's this, like, in the advertisements for this new pack that's coming out, it'll be out by the time we release this episode, but it comes out June 4th, or 16th. Yeah. And there's all these, like, it's, like, all the fun, like, cool, like, communal things you can do, but then there's also, like, but never cross Greg. Yeah, watch out for Greg. Who I think is, like, the, like, the Vladdy Daddy of, like, this. <laughs> Why is uh, his name Greg? Rename him to Gerg. <laughs> she, her pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just so, like... It gives me the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This guy named Gary Ridgway apparently is called the Green River Killer and killed 49 people? Do we know if he's real? 48. 48. Sorry. I don't know if that's, like, a real... M's looking it up, if that's a real serial killer. Gary Oldman. No. (laughs) As much as I love that silly Gary Leon Ridgway, also known as the Green River Killer, is an American serial killer. He was initially convicted of 48 separate murders... Born February 18th, 1949, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Apprehended November 30th, 2001, in Washington, 
Oregon state. It just the states, Washington, Oregon. I guess those are where. So he I guess operated. he was operating like around like yeah, Oregon yeah, yeah. and like Seattle and stuff like that. That's so fascinating. I didn't know it was real. It makes sense though. Ted Bundy, one okay. of the most infamous serial killers we all know, helped find Gary Ridgway. No way. Do you think he did that? Like, do you think he probably like did that sort of stuff? It's sort of like how like in like the Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal helps that reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, like, can ease, like, his, like, uh, sentence or, like, the way he's treated in the prison by mm. helping catch other people. Yeah. So that's... I didn't know that was, like, a thing that actually happened in real life. Wow. <laughs> like, I wonder if he had any benefit to that or if he was just, like, so fucking bored in prison that Ted Bundy was just like, yeah, sure, I'll help catch some other asshole. <laughs> yeah. He accepted a plea deal so he could serve life in prison without parole so he wouldn't have to get the death penalty. That's why he didn't have the death penalty. Wait, Ted Bundy? This is about Ted Bundy? No, no, no. Sorry, oh, it's this Gary. is about Gary. Okay. I don't know what Ted Bundy did. Because <laughs> I'm like, why would Ted help them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because, like, I mean, obviously I don't know the fucking psychology of serial killers, but, like, you wonder if they're, like, have this sort of, like... Because the, the reason that, like, serial killers do, like, killings, they have this, like, fucked up, like, psychological reason for why oh, they yeah. do it. And so they're entirely justified in themselves, but I don't think that they think that other serial killers are justified. No, yeah. Like, like, I don't think I they have... I am the best person to do this. You're a psycho. Because I don't... Yeah, because I don't think they have similar, like, cognitive... Like, they wouldn't be like, oh, we're the same guy achieving similar goals, so I'm going to respect that and not help you catch him. Yeah. They're like, no, that guy's fucked up. I can't believe he would do that. Let's forget that I did the same thing, but I had my reasons. So, like, it makes sense why, like, they would employ serial killers uh, to catch other serial disgusting. killers. disgusting. He we... went after sex workers and <gasps> other vulnerable women. Just, ew, he looks gross. Yeah. Uh, why does he look like... <sighs> he looks like he works for the government. Ugh. I don't... There's, like, some... He looks like someone who would be, like, viral on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the real number could be as high as 71. Damn. Because, yeah, they can only do confirmed killings. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh god, this is really, uh, fucked up. Um, he took far more victims than Bundy ever did. And it was in a 21-year period, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, by the time Bundy had already been captured in the mid-80s, authorities were actively seeking his help in catching Ridgeway. Hmm. Uh, they used Bundy's inside knowledge of serial killing and his familiarity with Washington State to help them make right. a profile... Because wasn't Bundy also, like, operating around, C- like, Washington yeah. State? I don't know exactly where he was, but similar yeah. enough that he would know the area. Yeah. And, like, Bundy was often, he was, like, targeting, like, college girls, right? Yeah, he was. But, like, this guy was targeting sex workers. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, my God. This is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, he stabbed... Join us for a true crime podcast. Yeah. He stabbed someone when he was 15 because he wanted to see how stabbing worked. <gasps> That's so scary. How did they yeah. not know at that point that, like, maybe we should, like, keep an eye on this guy? Do they not know this as soon as kids start killing animals when they're, like, eight years old in the backyard? Like, come on. It's like, okay. We know these Like, patterns. I understand that you as a parent love your child unconditionally, but if they start killing it, mm. if you're a parent and, you're start, and your child starts killing animals, have a fucking watch on them to make sure they aren't, like, doing killing or things. hurting their partners or just people in general yeah. or, like, being abusive in some way. Like, that's fucked up. What? He told a psychologist that he was interested in stabbing because he was struggling with being sexually attracted to his own mother and wanted to <gasps> kill her because of it. And a 
Oedipus moment. Yeah. Okay. At least Oedipus has the common sense to only harm himself after finding out it was his Uh-oh. mom. Oh, here comes the piss for this episode. No. <laughs> Say more. He also confessed that he had a bedwetting problem into his early teens, and that he had clear recollections of his mom washing his genitals after he went <gasps> to bed. <laughs> that is so horrible. <laughs> So how to stop becoming a serial killer is to not have an Oedipus complex. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, this guy sucks. Yeah. I didn't know he was real. And now we've learned way too much about him. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for listening to our true crime (laughs) podcast. Coming out this fall. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's also interesting. True crime podcast. So true, bestie. (laughs) So true serial killers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This article that is written in in uh this uh, twilight book is like very op-ed for a front like for a headline newspaper yeah. article i realize especially in like, the first couple because it gets more clinical when it sort of talks about mm-hmm. like how people die and all this stuff. but like the first couple or like few paragraphs are very much like kind of like including the writer's perspective yeah yeah, yeah. it's speculative in which a way. is interesting for it to be like a headline headline yeah. like you'd think they wouldn't allow that amount of like speculation yeah. So it sort of feels like this is a, a fiction writer writing a news headline and she wants to put her opinions in it. Um, also, how did the boxer Robert Walsh disappear from the movie theater seat? And it took several minutes for like his date to notice that he wasn't there. So fucking crazy. Also kind of fucked up that they assumed that the serial killer in this, like they assumed it was a man. Like they immediately realized like, so crazy that one man could do this many killings in a few months. And I was like, why are you assuming their gender? Because most of the time it is men. Well, yeah, so fair, but also still the assumption. Come on. I mean, men do be serial killing. Men do be serial killing, but, you know, we could have a they-them serial killer also. <laughs> we should. That's a mas- A mask, like, a presenting they-them serial killer. Livo. Liv? <laughs> Liv's gonna murder us before we end the weekend. <laughs> We've got days left. Send oh, help. If this episode never gets released, you find this <laughs> in my computer and know that Liv killed us. <laughs> The last trace of us will be talking about sour cream. No! <laughs> My legacy is sour cream vaginas. Ugh, Fuck. It sucks. But it's kind of funny. It is. So, anyway, that was a good news article. Yeah, they talk about how, like, they talk about, like, a lot of details about it, but how most serial killers have, like, an MO. And, like, and, a like, pattern. A pattern. Why are you, are you still laughing? <laughs> Um, and Emma, it's you. <laughs> Most serial killers do have me to help them like, plan and cover it up. And they're really good at like a like a forensic science or like cleaning up sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took one forensic science class in high school, so I know the way that blood splatters and how that can be like affected to how someone was stabbed mm-hmm. and what artery was hit. I took forensic anthropology as a course in undergrad. Actually, very cool. yeah. I took it in like literally like the, my senior year of high school with like this extremely eccentric science teacher named Neil Chaudhary, <laughs> and I've since then babysat his dog. <laughs> Him and his wife, who his wife is an English teacher at that same school, yeah. and they got married, and we had like this like surprise party for like oh. when they got engaged. It was very cute. That's anyway, cute. Don't stalk me. Um. <laughs> anyway, um. So it talks about how this, like, the, the victims seem no to be patterns, random. Any age, any gender. And the youngest person was 15 years old. Yeah. And the oldest person was, like, 67 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, 18 women, 21 men. The only thing that's common and makes it seem like it's a serial killer is the way that they are, like, killed and dumped. Yeah, and all their bones are, like, crushed and pulverized before they died. <laughs> right. And I'm so fascinated by 
Every victim discovered has been burned to the extent that dental records were necessary for identification. I don't know what that fucking means. I know you can't tell me. You're sort of giving me that face of, like, I can't tell you why that matters. I mean, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I didn't get that impression of that's how, like, vampires kill people necessarily. It should just be, like, a lack of blood, right? Yeah. Because they, like, suck out the blood. Well, you can't tell if someone has no blood if they've been burned that badly so they had maybe so perhaps they had like the conscious effort to cover it up by burning them after sucking them dry (laughs) and that's okay so that's a possibility for sure but it's just so fascinating i was like yeah because that is an extra step because if this is like a new vampire you'd think they wouldn't go to the extent to remember they wouldn't be covering anything up they're just sort of like "Mm, me hungry (laughs) me hungry yum yum well that's the other thing too is like People aren't, like, your typical, like, vulnerable class of people. Like, you know, the homeless or, like, the sex underprivileged. Workers. Or se- sex workers. They're just, like, randos living their lives. Apparently a boxer in a movie theater. Yeah, people have been stolen from their home. Like, a health That's club. That's scary. A wedding reception. That's scary. Like, imagine you just, like, can't find your friend at the reception and then they fucking die. Jesus Christ. Terrifying. This is true crime. It is true crime. So, I can't yeah. wait for us to go to a wedding reception, like, to a wedding together, and I'll and pretend die. I get killed, <laughs> and, like, hide from you the entire night and make you freak the fuck oh, out. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. It'll be really funny to me. I'll just be, like, super fucked up. Just being, like, just, like she, she can't in the find forest. me. That's what Bella was doing after she got broken up within the forest. She was just making TikToks, and she was walking around so much making TikToks that she lost her way and fell asleep. <laughs> That's my headcanon. So... <clears throat> After this news article, Bella's like, oh my god, Edward, it's getting so bad. This is scary. Because um, he comes in, and this is the only time where I'll up- allow her to be, like, scared by someone speaking. Yeah. Because he comes in, and he does it in a very unobtrusive yes, way, where he he's does. like, hey. But and she still like, jumps. <laughs> because she's reading about. She just about, read about people getting snatched from their seats. And she knows that it's almost definitely a vampire. Mm. Although, like... Well, so then, and Edward's like, you good? And she's like, have you seen this article? And he's like, well, I know about what's happening, but we haven't seen this particular news yet. So there's like, okay, we should probably go talk to them about it. Like yeah. the rest of the Cullens. And uh, Edward also mentions that Alice can't see anything about it. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the self-fulfilling prophecy, which makes total sense. They're waiting on Alice to see something happening where they are in Seattle intervening in some way. Before they go to Seattle to intervene. But because they've never made the decision to go to Seattle, she's not seeing them go to Seattle. Yeah, which is so fascinating. But there's also the level of, like... Yeah, I guess because, like, I don't know exactly how her, like, future telling really works. But she sort of talks about how she can't see anything. And I don't know if she's focusing on the wrong thing. But if she, like, focused on, like, this imaginary in her brain vampire that is killing and if she could like you'd think she would theoretically be able to see where their next move would be even if she's not there so that begs the question of my only thing the only thing that i know that blocks her vision is werewolves true uh but we know that as far as we've seen werewolves don't seem to be like a malicious like they don't attack humans they don't have any thirst for that um but it begs the question of like how is this vampire, I assume, evading this sort of future telling because she doesn't need to see herself going there to see the future of what this guy's or individual is doing. Um, so, like, that begs the question of, is it a werewolf? Is it a vampire working in tandem with a werewolf? Like, who fucking knows? You can't tell me shit. 
But, like, it's so interesting the reason why she, like, why can't she see? Or are they aware of the Cullen's powers and doing some sort of thing, uh, like an anti, like, is it, like, if they're associated with the Volturi? Because the Volturi, I think, are the only other people who know her powers. Unless, you know, she has run into somebody else, like, you know, if she's met, like, what is it, like, Tanya's, like, clan and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Um, like, if they let that slip in some way that someone knows her powers so they have some way of finagling around her being able to see... Uh, they I like they either have to be associated with a werewolf or have some sort of knowledge of Alice's powers and able to negate it uh, to allow them to continue doing this killing, which like then makes you think, okay, it's not it can't just be a fledgling vampire because it seems like they are ha- making too many conscious choices. And like the whole idea of like burning after they kill them, right. They are conscious enough to know the vampire world enough to know that people would know it's a vampire if, or, like, you know, people would, like, suspect or be, like, weird and more weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. So they know to burn it, and they also know some way of, like, making it so that Alice specifically can't see this future. So it's a very fascinating thing that you are looking at me like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Tee-hee. But it's really, really interesting. So I'm excited to see what the fuck is going. I have no clue. What the fuck is up, Kyle? Like, cause like I would think in theory it would be related to the Volturi, cause they're the one who know like her. They know a lot. But why would they be so careless when their whole thing is like being anti people finding out about vampires? Wow, good question. (laughs) You you have a good poker face. I will give you that. Thank you. Like in person, even, cause like. Over, like, Discord calling, I don't see yeah, your face, so you can just be silent <laughs> yeah. and, like, giggle to yourself. But in person, you're very good at being like, that's crazy. Anyway. Which is life. Yep. So it's time to talk to Piss Kink Jasper. <laughs> we gotta get him on the case. Literally. Oh. Okay. Because, like... Also, shout out to Emmett, who's just like, can we just go fucking fight these people? I'm bored. <laughs> frat bro moment. Such a frat bro. But yeah, he's just like, I love violence and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> want to punch someone. Yeah, so, and we got this interesting sort of, like, uh, layer of, like, Bella's thoughts on Jasper that we haven't seen before. Yeah. So Edward's basically like, I want to go talk to Jasper, because I feel like he might know some more about this. And Bella's like, I don't really know exactly why. And Edward's like, it's fine, we'll go talk to him, and he can kind of explain it. Yeah. And we get this sort of feeling that Bella has that Jasper is not really... He's like a fringe member of the Cullens. Yeah, he's not as, like, in on the whole, like, we are a family type thing. He's just there for Alice, is her impression. Yeah, because she thinks that he just, like, loves her and they are, like, the ascent, like, the equivalent of, like, being, like, mated or whatever yeah. in, like, vampire terms. Yeah. You can tell I've been reading A Court of Thorns and Roses because I'm talking about mates. A fairy yeah. porn shout out. Um, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, I've been re- I've been doing a reread. It's been very Ooh, fun. Need to. Very horny. Um, but yeah, so she gets this sort of idea that he's only there for Alice and he doesn't have this sort of like camaraderie, like family feeling that the rest of and them like, have. And like even like the support of like the Cullen diet is just like he puts up with it because that's what Alice wants. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he's the one who struggles the most with it. Yeah, which is why he, like, was, like, blood, Bella, in, like, New <laughs> Moon. Let you into a piano. Oh, wait, that was Edward. Yeah, <laughs> that was Edward who did that. Still one of the wow. funniest shots in all so of them. So funny. Oh, um, yeah. Also, when Emmett says he wants to go fight um, in Seattle, Rosalie hisses at him from upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that supernatural hearing where she's just like, shut the fuck up, you dumb himbo. <laughs> She loves a himbo, though. She's she does. For him. She does love a himbo. 
But, like, the other thing is that... <laughs> I love this, where Belle's like, I didn't know much about Jasper's history other than he's from somewhere in the South. That was one of the other times that I laughed out loud because I know, like, the meme of, like, Jasper being a Confederate sur- soldier, and I know that that's, like, part of his, like... <laughs> lore in some way so i was like yeah he's just from the south <laughs> he's a fucking racist <laughs> and also like in that same paragraph uh bella refers to him as like a brooding movie star and thinking of like the person who played jasper who i'm sure is a hot individual in real life but is just like so creepy so and edward scissorhands <laughs> so i'm just, like no, like, no. that is not the movie star we were he's, thinking he's of. He's not brooding. He is, like, death-staring with, like, eyeballs popping out. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't have the emotional capacity to brood. He's Which just, is funny because emotions are his superpower. Yeah! <laughs> he just sucks them all from other people, but he doesn't have any of his own. Oh. Interesting, interesting, He's interesting. an energy vampire. So true. Did you watch What We Do in the Shadows? Nope. Oh, you should. I know. I need to watch that and Our Flag Means Death. I like, haven't watched that either, so. But it's made fair. by the same people, so we know it's going to be, like, the same sort of comedy. I think yeah. I've watched, like, a couple of one-off episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to, like, doing more of that. It's very easy to get through because there's 20 minutes. So. Yeah. It's something that I just need to, like, kind of, like, put on in the background while I play a video game or something. You should. You should. Whenever I run out of, like, streams, of, like, chilled streams yeah, to watch, yeah. like, because I've just been very behind because I've been working yeah. so much. So I'm, like, constantly catching up. But once I'm at a point where I'm ca- caught up and I'm like, there's no more streams to watch, I'll, I'll watch what we do in the shadows. <laughs> so uh, they're all chilling. And Edward does, like, a classic Edward move and reads Jasper's mind. He's just like, oh, oh, that's interesting. No, I didn't consider that. Wow. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. You're going you gonna to share with the class? There's also a CNN shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah, CNN. <laughs> where Carl was like, yeah, they've been talking about it on CNN all day. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Carl, what are you talking about? He's watching CNN. I didn't even know they had a fucking TV in their house. Like, you'd think they'd be, like, technology repellent. Yeah, but they all have cell phones. Yeah, they have, like, silver burner phones. Well, I mean, it's 2007. That's what everybody had. True. (laughs) I certainly did. Mm, I was not having conscious thoughts at that point. I was seven. (laughs) (laughs) I was playing with Polly Pockets in the front yard in a kiddie pool. (laughs) I have a very distinct, like picture from my childhood that my parents took of me and like a bunch of my childhood friends with this like little kiddie pool and we were playing with Polly Pockets in it and that is like what I thought of for this. I was making Sims have sex with Tiger Woods. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, everybody's confused about what Edward just said and Jasper just looks to Bella and goes, you're confused. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, thanks. No fucking shit, dumbass. (laughs) But it's like, he can read everyone else's mind, but he can't read Bella. So when he, like, when he reads an emotion on her face, he's so fucking hyped about it. He's like, I, I know this one. You're confused. It's like, yeah, she fucking is. So then Jasper's like, how much do you know about me, Bella? Bella's like, literally nothing. You tried to kill me once. That's all I got. Uh, She literally is like, yeah, I know you're from the South, and I know that you tried to fucking murder me. What's next? So Jasper backstory, which we don't get in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, so this is like sort of the end of this chapter is like, so, okay, so we get this like, <laughs> and this whole like Edward being like, you're confused, is like such like a fucking like Edward stalling moment where he's just like, he's just like, and it, I don't even think it's like Edward consciously stalling. I think it's Stephanie Meyer trying to write in suspense. <laughs> she can't do it. <laughs> she can't and she's bad at it. 
And so she just, like, writes a page of Edward being like, that's so funny that you're confused about this. That's so funny. And Bella's like, yeah, I am. Fucking tell me. I'll let Jasper explain his background and his backstory. Tragic backstory time. And then he's like, I'll show you mine if if you show me yours. (laughs) So Bella whips out her dick. Yes. Um, Hers is bigger. Hers is big, Big dick energy. She has BDE for sure. Yeah. Bigger dick than, like, Jasper, at least. For sure. Which is, like, to be fair, not saying much. No. But, because Jasper does have tiny dick energy. Yeah. Yeah, that is a true thing. He was a confederate. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, Jasper starts, like, rolling up his, like, shirt, his, of, of, like, the arm of his sweater, which, by the way, I love that he's wearing an ivory sweater. I like to imagine that he's wearing, like, a fisherman, like, sweater, like, sort of like the Chris Evans and Knives Out moment. Like, that sort of knit. um, What's cable, 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 what's cable, it cable net. But it's like the fisherman sweater or something like that. What is that particular word? You know the one I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Whatever. I watch we'll this fig- movie. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> Ransom. <laughs> Ransom. <laughs> if I was any character in the movie, it would be like the great aunt who's like deaf and blind, <laughs> and it's just like Ransom, you're back again. That would be me, for sure. It has the correct goblin energy, but just, like, add 100 years onto my life. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Jasper has a scar just like Bella's from her little vampire bite from James. But right. then she, like, looks and she's like, oh, my God. Like, there's such a weird, like, texture to his skin. And then she realizes he's actually covered in these, like, crescent moon-shaped teeth scars. And she's like, how many times have you been bit by vampires, bro? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Anyway, my final note on this is this should have been in chapter 13. We could have cut this chapter mm. right when he, Edward says, we need to talk to Jasper. Cut. All of this happens in the next chapter. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm like surprisingly unopposed to this chapter ending because like I do dislike her having to constantly have cliffhangers, but I don't think this is the worst of her cliffhangers. It's not the worst. It's more just the fact that like. She could have split it at a different well, yeah, time. Well, yeah, you should have chapters change when there's a change of location. And yeah. the second he says, we should go talk to Jasper, that's like a very easy like cutting point and then next chapter we're going to talk to Jasper and learn about yeah. stuff. I will say though, like, because like the logically of writing a book, you do want to change chapter at location. In terms of this podcast though, like and reading it with like where I have to have time in between, having this sort of like just this little bit of reveal and tidbit. then leaving me on a cliffhanger is very effective actually yeah, for this. Sure. So I will allow this to be like this, but I do agree that in general like novel writing and like chapter break sort of energy, you do want to cut at like a change of perspective, location, timing, whatever. You don't want to do it in the middle of a conversation, which she fucking loves to do. She loves doing that. But this is one this is not like the worst one cuz I do no, think it it's gives not. enough that you're like, "Oh shit, what's going to happen?" Yeah. and then it gets cut off. Yeah. It's not the worst offend, uh, offense. A worst offense, yeah. yeah. Um, but I still have to point it out because that's what I'm here to do. She just needed her 20-page quota filled yeah, again. And she like has like a Bella gasping and be like, Jasper, what happened to you? And then what the happened? chapter ends. Okay, you ready for my predictions? Yeah. I think that Jasper, when he was a human, got captured by vampires and was like a bloodletting system for them. That's and was sexy. like. Like, yeah, he was, like, chained up, whatever. And hey, don't judge my kinks. <laughs> you say to your girlfriend. <laughs> As if they don't know. Like, come on. Um, But, yeah, so because he has scars, like, all over his body, and it seems like multiple times, either 
it was either like some sort of like shark frenzy type thing where it was like a bunch of vampires attacked him all at once and like no one could get enough like mm. close enough so all of them were attacking him at once and biting him all over his body because like I don't know I guess it's like all up his arm yeah. is it anywhere else or is it just his arms he just shows his arms so yeah seems I think it's just the way. one arm too so it seems like it's all up and down this one arm so that's like a possibility of like it was kind of like a clusterfuck of a bunch of vampires sort of like coming at him all at once. But then in that in that case, how did he live to get turned? So that's why I think it was my maybe like this sort of like he was like like a blood bag of like this because humans can regenerate very slowly, but they can regenerate their blood. And so like without a blood transfusion, that's obviously very dangerous. But like. It begs the question of maybe he was some sort of, like, bloodletting system for a short amount of time for, like, a clan of, of vampires. And eventually, because he was bitten and was losing so much blood... So previously, he was unbitten. He, <laughs> he was unbitten, and then he became bitten. And, like, I guess, like, I don't know exactly how this would work, because I don't know if the vampires who were doing this to him would, like, have this conscious idea of, like... Once he gets bitten, if he doesn't die, he will, like, eventually turn. Mm. Or if they were, like, sort of, like, biting him enough to get the blood, but, like, whatever, like, making sure that he didn't get the venom. But, like, he eventually lost enough blood and had enough venom in his system that he did change. Like, maybe they were biting him, like, just enough to sort of, like, satiate themselves before they had, like, time to go out and, like, do other things and, like, get proper, like, people to kill. So he was sort of, like, this, like, long-term sort of, like, kind of like a little snack. (laughs) That's my theory. It's the only time you'll hear us say that Jasper was a little snack. <laughs> that's true. I will never say that again in any other context. But that's, like, my only con- concept well, and, like, opinion of this. Why do you think, then, that Edward is, like, we have to talk to Jasper? Yeah, that's the other thing, is that, like, why would he know these people? Like, or, like, this type of killing? They were all found hours later, so it wasn't like he would be, like, a victim of a similar attack. Um, but I wonder if he, like, like, maybe when he was a young vampire, he had, like, this sort of similar, like, activity. Like, it might be, like, killing spree sort of thing. So it might be unrelated to the fact that he has all these bites. Like, I don't know exactly where these bites came from, but it could be, like, kind of related and he wants to tell his whole backstory because it's a novel and we want to hear the whole backstory of the character. (laughs) So it might be, like tying into that and that's how he's sort of starting it by showing these scars and being like yeah a bunch of people fucking bit me and I turned into a vampire but he might have this experience with like this young vampire vampire going on a killing spree and like you know having this sort of thing where you like burn the victims to try to like cover it up but you can't help it and it gets more and more rapid because it talks about how like it was originally like a much bigger gap between yeah, victims. Yeah it was like six in like the first week 12 but- and then like 22 in the last like Days yeah, let me see. Um, sorry, I'm gonna yawn. Ah, <laughs> I don't. I can't find it right now. Oh yeah, okay, thirty nine within the last three months alone, and it's like it says it's accelerating. I know. I don't know where it is. Where is it? <laughs> Fucking stupid. Acceleration. Twenty two occurred in the last ten days. Six of the homicides were com- committed in the first month, 11 in the second, and then 22 have happened in the last 10 days. So it seems like this is, like, a young vampire who is learning that this is a thing. And I think, like, in the beginning, they can't get away from this, like, they need blood. And so they, but they're trying to stop themselves because they're, like, still have this humanity in them where they're, like, I can't believe I've changed. It's horrible. What am I going to do about it? 
But then the more you give in, the more you're like, I want more. The more you have this. I want more. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I think this has like a lot of like addiction metaphors as well. Like. I can see that. Where you're like, first, like, this is so good and I love this, but I know I shouldn't. Yeah. So I back away from it. But the more you sort of sort of let into it and then it comes more frequent. Mm hmm. So, it is fascinating. Sorry, I thought Beam was going to throw up, but she is just sitting on the air mattress. Good for her. I just heard, like, a weird noise, and I was scared <laughs> that, like, she was going to do a vom, because she was just eating. But she's fine. Um, she's been vom-free for, like... Like, like six, six hours? Six hours, now? yeah. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> Go off, queen. Uh, I should give her some ice cubes after we finish recording. Yes. Okay. But that's pretty much the end of this chapter. Those are my predictions for the next chapter. That's great. Which, the next chapter is also called... It's called Newborn. Yeah. Which... Again, like, not to look ahead, but having that in mind, like, that, again, reinforces my idea of Jasper knowing about this, because maybe he went on a similar type of killing spree when he was newborn, like a newborn vampire, yeah, yeah, yeah. not like a newborn fucking baby. <laughs> like, like, not, not Renesme or me, a baby with teeth. Um, <laughs> That's how you do all the bites, works. A newborn baby with teeth. Yeah, I'm biting myself. <laughs> um, You're teething. I'm teething myself. Um... I mean, like, that's the other possibility is, like, who knows, like, what you fucking do when you're, like, just turned into a vampire. Are and you, you just start to, biting yourself. Right. Are you trying to get blood from yourself and then you realize you don't have enough blood to, like, suck it back in? Like, is that where he started? Is that why he had the bites in the first place? Because, you know, he gets the original bite. Like, oh, and then he's like, is this going to say she, like, he's like, he knows he wants blood, but he doesn't want to hurt somebody else. So the first thing he's starting to do is trying to bite himself, seeing if he can get blood from himself. Then he realizes he had none, and that's why he needs to go find it externally. So that's my other sort of thing. And you were making a face that makes you think that I'm right, but you don't tell me. (laughs) But that sort of seems like a natural progression as well, because, like, your instinct as a person is to be, like, when you're creating this thing, you don't want to hurt somebody else if you're not, like, a person who naturally wants to kill people. So you're like, maybe I can get this for myself. And you're realizing, as a fledgling vampire, you're realizing, I don't have blood to give to myself. So I have to get it some other way. So that's another possibility for why. And if it's all up one arm, that also makes sense because he would be like biting himself up and down the arm to see if he can. Thank you for <laughs> Liv. Liv is watching me do a visual of like biting myself up and down my arm. Yeah, but so that's my that's like my other take on this. So I love your takes. Thank you. I'm really excited to find out how horribly wrong I am, and I will have to listen back to this episode because I won't remember anything I said because I am drunk. <laughs> We have both finished our drinks. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, too. like, this is not, like, a blackout level of drunk, no. it's, but it's a level of, I'm not going to know what I said in this episode. You don't on a sober day, so, like. No, I don't. Because, <laughs> Pe- like, people in the Discord have been, like, remember when you had this take and it was completely right and you didn't re- didn't realize it? And I was like, what take? Did I say something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Okay, that's the end of this episode. <laughs> um, do we have any new Patreons? Oh, shout like, out to Hannah. Shout out to Hannah, who is new. Sorry, we just like know Hannah personally, so we're like immediately. Oh my god! But I'm gonna hop podcast. on our Patreon so that we make sure we, we get to, everybody. I forgot we have a podcast. So we want to thank two of recent patrons who have pledged. We would like to thank Lydia for uh, joining our coven as a minor vampire. And also, Hummus Hannah, <laughs> also joining as a minor vampire. What a great name. So thank you so much to you two for joining the team. Uh, you join our wonderful coven of vampires, including our producer level, master tier patrons. Uh, thank you, Thea, Dana, Dan, Emily, Emma, and Steven. I appreciate y'all so much. And I love that you have, Emma has written in her For Realsies professional notes, uh, that we have to have a piss of the day piss quote. 
We did have we one. We already had one. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I'm so sorry <laughs> that that is a thing that is now a conscious part of our podcast. Well, so much so that it has been written in Emily's notes. It is what it is. That's the official notebook. So it's got to be in the podcast It is now. the official notebook, which is, it has a, it's a very nice polka dot pattern. It says today is the day. And I like that a lot. My yes. my notebook is just like the PDF version that I pilfered off of the internet that I just write in the margins of very aggressively. Um. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Anyway, we love you. Yeah, we'll probably, um, for producer level Master Tier Vampire patrons, we'll probably have more questions coming up next episode. Yeah. So look out for that ping on Discord so we can get your questions in. Yes. Before next month. And we love you and we love everybody and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Unbitten. If you want to get in contact with us, follow us on Twitter at UnbittenPod or subscribe to our Patreon. And for now, the rest is still unbitten.